Welcome to the Hope Community Church Podcast. This is Drew, and I am excited here to have Cole and Luke and Ashlyn. Um, recently, Cole was on the Men of Hope's Lunch Chats, I think as they call it, um, mm-hmm. talking about friendship, and it was fantastic. And so we are excited to hear more from him, and he brought some friends, because we'll be talking about friends today. Um, let's start though, just get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, we'll start, I'm sitting with them in my office, so I'll just look, I'll start with Ashlyn because she is the first to my left. Do you want to introduce yourself maybe a little bit of where you're from so we get to know you for a minute? Yeah, um, so I'm Ashlyn. I am graduating in two weeks today from the University of Minnesota, but will continue my education for the next six years as I begin to pursue a PhD, so not even halfway there. (laughs) I tried, not there yet. What are you going to school for? Uh, Right now or eventually? Eventually. uh, Hispanic linguistics. Oh, that sounds incredible. Thank you very much. Really hard. That sounds weird. (laughs) I'm real excited. What are you doing now then? So at the U, Spanish, Portuguese studies and speech language hearing sciences. Oh, that's it. Just that. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, I've been coming to Hope since I started going to the U my freshman year. So we're on, what, like four years now, somewhere around there. Oh, nice. yeah. But yeah, Hope's my home. And from around here, Minnesota, Minnetonka, so not too far outside the cities. So yeah, I don't know. Just kind that's of cool. in general. <laughs> that's very cool. And what do you, what's the end goal with all that? Um, <laughs> did that actually just happen this right before? And I'm like, uh, well, I you think, don't have to know. no, I, I mean, <laughs> most people don't. I mean, that's true. I think I like to be a professor teaching at university level. Um, yeah. I'm involved in Anselm House right now on campus, and we talk a lot about how to like engage God and our faith with, um, not just like education, but like thinking critically, right? Like mm-hmm. thinking about those hard things while also bringing in faith, and it doesn't have to be. Like I'm doing school and then I'm doing church and faith yeah. and other stuff. So somehow incorporating that in because university level is a really dark place. Um, so either being a professor or I was saying to like an influence educational policy in some sort of way. So designing education programs for bilingual schools or ESL yeah. programs or something like that um, could also be in my future. But I'm also trying to be open because my plans are not my own. <laughs> it's a lot of years too. Oh, oh to yeah. I, I, years. I was like, th- this version of Ashlyn will not know what like six year in the future <laughs> Ashlyn wants at all. Yeah. So I always think, oh, Drew thought he had so many things. Like he knew exactly what he was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no idea. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. We have Cole here. Cole, mm-hmm. a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Cole Sandstrom. Um, uh, Luke and I are from this area, grew up in Woodbury, Minnesota. I went across the river to River Falls, Wisconsin for undergrad in psychology. And then four years ago, moved to Minneapolis for grad school for physical therapy. So finished that up in December Been working as a physical therapist for a couple time, for a couple months in the Twin Cities. Um, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. And this is your brother, mm-hmm. Luke. This, I think it's the first time I've had brother combo. Yes. Dynamic duo. Yes. But your daughter thought we didn't look alike, so that's the first time really? everyone thinks we're Do people think you look Oh, alike? I thought you guys... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. thought you were related. I guess I, because I know you, it doesn't. Maybe if when I first... If you had glasses, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we stood there and Zoe's like, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> glasses. Really oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's, if, since you can't see them, they're like two... 
men who look the same, but one has glasses. (laughs) That's a great description. (laughs) We've literally like bought the same shirt from Old Navy before and shown up to something. Switch, can you wear his glasses? This is a terrible podcast move because no one can see this. Oh, yeah, I can't tell the difference. (laughs) That was it. It's the glasses. Change places. uh, Oh, there's Luke. Luke now has his glasses on again if you're playing along. Tell us about yourself a little bit, Luke. So, yeah, I'm Cole's older brother. Like he said, we grew up in Woodbury. uh, So here in the Twin Cities, I left and went west to North Dakota for college. And then came back here and met my wife, and we've been married for four years now. We live in St. Paul. I've been coming to Hope for about four years, and uh, and I work for the city of Roseville as an engineer. That's my job, eight to five. Um, and otherwise, <laughs> we like to just hang out and camp and travel. I like it. All right, I'm excited to get to this. Uh, let's start, Cole. You just share a little bit of your story. I wanted to hear... A little bit of your story, because that really helps set up us talking about friendship, I think. So if you want to share that quick, and then we'll get to a lot of questions. Sure. Yeah, I'll kind of share the spark notes, kind of sum up a lot of my journey. Um, I think I talked a little bit about this at the Men of Hope chat with Joel. Um, But I don't know, I guess throughout my entire life growing up in Woodbury, um, friendship was always something that was really big on my mind as growing up someone who really desired close friendships and really liked uh, and just saw the importance of intimacy with friendships. Um, I think I have a lot of experience of doing that poorly, a lot of burned bridges um, and a lot of just kind of learning from mistakes. Um, But also realizing through that just the role that people have played in my lives of speaking truth into my life, um, whether that's in small group, accountability groups, just friends from church um, and just seeing the ability to kind of just speak into my life. Um, I think also kind of as a bigger picture kind of roles plays in the story of just my testimony of uh, struggling with same-sex attraction and not sure how that affects like not only my approach to marriage but my approach to connecting to people well and having those close friendships with females and with males Um, and then coming to hope and uh, deciding recently to pursue celibacy and uh, kind of also what friendship looks like in that of looking like hey if I don't have the kind of context of that marriage covenant to have that close intimacy and relationships how do I find love and commitment and people to part of my life outside of that in the church and just in friendships? Yeah. What's been some of the harder things in that? Yeah. I think kind of a constant theme or fear in my brain has just been the fear of abandonment looking at like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, and again, we'll kind of get into this later, but I feel like in the marriage of context, it's like, okay, we're married. We made these covenants. We're in it together. There's this stability, this marriage vow, Mm -hmm. whereas in friendships in our culture, it's much more loose, more like, Hey, we get along, but then, you know, you transition out of school, people move for jobs. Mm-hmm. It seems like friendship is a lot more fluid. Um, so I think I've struggled to find that consistency and that, like, connection long-term and sustainable in friendships. Yeah. All right. So you brought, when I asked you to do this, I said I'd like you to bring some some people that you would consider good friends. Mm-hmm. And you said my brother, my friend Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. So um, let's hear let's hear from you first on that. So... Why did you pick them? Like, how how is your relationship with them? Why why would you pick them as the examples of friends? Yeah, good question. Um, I think both Luke and Ashlyn have been people who have been really important in my life, especially in this season, um, in just kind of different capacities, playing different roles in my life. I also chose them because they have very different backgrounds. So I thought, speaking from a woman perspective, a male perspective, someone who's married, Ashlyn who's dating, I'm single. Um, Ashlyn graduating from college, looking to transition, Luke having a job being solidified. 
getting to just speak to different life perspectives of friendship and how it plays yeah. out in their lives. Yeah. Um, Luke specifically has been someone who's, especially as I've questioned things with sexuality and marriage, has been kind of my uh, person who stuck with me, and we've walked a lot of that together. Mm-hmm. So we did a Bible study on what Scripture says about same-sex attraction and sexuality. Uh, we talked about friendship and stability. Uh, he helps me with finances and jobs and transition. So he's kind of been one consistent theme in my life, one consistent person who's kind of seen me through my entire process and knows where I come from, yeah. knows where I'm in, has a really good picture where I'm going. Um, Ash and I have been in the same small group, I think, for about two years or so now. We're getting there, yeah. Yeah, we're getting up there. It's been quite a while. Um, <laughs> you lose track. <laughs> yeah, it all blends together. Um, but Ash and I would say has probably been one of the most, the closest female relationship I've had in my entire life, which has been a huge blessing to me because I think I haven't had a lot of that in my life. And um, so we've kind of worked together and like, what does this look like? And how do you have close friendships with people from the opposite gender? And how do you live life together? And she's always at our, over at our apartment and it's basically her house. So um, that's good to your decisions. <laughs> Bless you, child. <laughs> but kind of just inviting her my life and having her see just kind of the day to day, just how yeah. we operate yeah. as our roommates and things. So being a big part of my life in that way. Oh, that's cool. All right. So how what how has this worked for you two then, Luke and Ashlyn? Uh, what's your perspective on this? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, again, knowing Cole ever since the day he was born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> growing up, when we were younger, we, we kind of had the very older, younger brother dynamic going, and I have to admit I picked on him a lot. <laughs> uh, assumed that role. But as we got older... You know, we grew up in a very traditional kind of Christian environment where I really feel like the idea of kind of traditional family or marriage was put up on a pedestal. And so uh, even thinking back to like junior high and high school, I, I remember like thinking like Cole's not really dating anybody. And I had dated a number of people at that point, but I, I just I just didn't really think much about it. But now looking back, you know, I wish there's conversations I would have had then and just um, open up those dialogue now. It's, it is, it's unfortunate to wait this long. I'm glad that we did, but, um, so then. When do you feel like you had those conversations or when did you start having those conversations? You know, I, I kind of left the faith when I was about 12 and didn't really come back until I was a junior in college. And then at that point I was still out of state. Mm-hmm. So it was probably when I graduated college and moved back to the Twin Cities and we kind of reconnected, which was very, with my whole family, it was just eye-opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a totally different person for both of us. But yeah. um, that's when we kind of started um, having conversations about same-sex attraction and also friendship and how that looks and how our relationship was going to look because we didn't, we had a relationship, but it was it was more of a you're a blood family member. There wasn't an actual friendship. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. It was kind of starting from scratch. You yeah. have to hang out because yeah. you're related. Yeah, <laughs> you're related. You're yeah. in the same house. Yeah. And so it was cool to be like, we are family, but yet we are choosing to be friends as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. cool. That. So you actually intentionally have had to talk about that we're not just going to like hope mm-hmm. this kind of happens. Yeah, we're not just going to see each other on the holidays and be like, yeah, they're my friend because we have to. So we're yeah. going to be friends by choice and tension. Yeah. yeah. And Luke and I are actually a lot of ways really opposites. So growing up, we literally had nothing in common. So I think our faith was kind of the one thing that unified us. And we had something we could talk about and bond over. And I think our friendship kind of grew from that. Oh, yeah, okay. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that really did happen so you came back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the intentional. I, I don't want to skip this thing because you said I think it's important to this conversation. Um, so for any of you, uh, you said 
uh, marriage can be held like up on a pedestal, which I think is part of this important part of this conversation, mm-hmm. which is why sometimes friendship maybe isn't, or at least in the church, we see yeah. that in, in a very unhealthy way. So what did you mean by that? Or any of you, where, how have you seen that? Maybe marriage used as like the ultimate, you graduate to that and you're like the ultimate Christian. And then maybe, I mean, we see that with kids too, mm-hmm. to be like a Christian parent. Mm-hmm. You Okay, you finally made it. Mm-hmm. You're like somehow next level. Even though when you're a Christian parent, you feel like more of a sinner than you've ever felt in your whole life. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. How is God the Father at all? gracious yeah. <laughs> um, but share that a little bit how you've seen that affect yeah or just at least what you're thinking about with that yeah I mean growing up we were really taught that marriage was kind of the end goal it's kind of what you're trying to get to once you get there you've kind of made it mm-hmm. um, and then especially in a in a for guys too we were told like then you can have sex and everything's great and you just autopilot the rest of your life <laughs> uh, but so you're just like taught like that is the end goal to find a woman, to be married, to have two or three kids, to live here, to do this. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's what you're shooting towards. And so people that don't have that in their future then feel very, especially if it's almost preached or, or reinforced either from the message from um, either the pastor or just the society, the the culture you're in, then people that don't ascribe to that or don't see that in their future feel very left out or they feel like there's something wrong with me or Mm -hmm. how, how do I fit into this? If this is the norm, how, how do I fit? Yeah. Um, and then also what Cole said earlier with the covenant thing is people uh, really see marriage as a covenant, which they should, but then they see friendship as kind of expendable. Mm-hmm. And so um, I like the idea of like your spouse being your best friend, but I, I do think that there is room for other best friends too. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I don't yeah. think that there's this one that's, my spouse does this and then oh, I can't see those people anymore because I'm married or this and yeah. that. I think that when people get married and just abandon all their friendships, it really suffers them and then also the friendships that mm-hmm. they've neglected. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, I mean, in that, if we are calling people, we say, you have, you're attracted to the same gender. So we're calling you to be celibate, mm-hmm. but you're not allowed to achieve the ultimate which is marriage, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. there's like this, it doesn't fit. That mm-hmm. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And now we're, now it's confusing. And now what does that mean? And not only you're an outsider, but now you also can't be the ultimate Christian. Mm-hmm. So it's a, we've now set ourselves up by saying marriage is yeah. the ultimate when it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really helpful. I think that's really helpful to understand because I, we, I think we've seen that and I hope we've seen, we've had to often correct ourselves and thinking like, okay, is this, are we, are we just celebrating marriage in this? How much do you celebrate Marriage, or just you're just talking to people like, well, hopefully you can date someone and then get married and then move on. But there's Mm -hmm. people that aren't, or maybe never will. Yeah, and that that's great. Like that's, but we want to be really careful of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. How we think. Yeah, definitely. I think too, like, I mean. I I'd also want to like caution people and be like, all right, like let's not celebrate marriage anymore. Like, and because definitely like the Bible does speak to that and say like that is special because it images God um, mm-hmm. and that importance of, yeah, celebrating. And like, even like, again, like with friends, like you throw this awesome party and like you want everyone, you know, to be there or anything like that, because like you want friends to celebrate that. And I would hope that you would want people to be like, all right, I want you to know the Lord more because of this mm-hmm. faint image that we're yeah. giving with you in that. And so, yeah, 
don't but i want people to be like all right now i'm gonna like like not talk about other my marriage anymore yeah, yeah. like other Swing side of the spectrum the right way, like yeah. there it's kind of like yeah. when core was talking about like the holy sex series like there's a, like the one side of like legalism and one side of like license but we need to ride the bike right down the middle <laughs> right of the, the icy yeah. path and so because that's what you want to do right you want to swing and like well, let's never talk about marriage because because yeah. we made it a, an idol mm-hmm. now let's make a new thing an idol yeah and then, and then a few years down the road we'll stop talking about that thing and make a new yeah. idol yeah yeah rather than just make jesus the one thing we worship yeah, yeah. and going off of luke was sharing i think in my own personal experience i think from someone who was expecting to get married we're looking forward to it had already like set up my 20-year plan had already named my children which is a scary thing. It's true. Um, it's true. <laughs> first, would not, first, middle, and zero last out of ten would not recommend. My dad was like, "Doesn't your wife have a point?" point? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> "But I think having that background, <laughs> I think for me, coming to the point of deciding to pursue, pursue celibacy, not marriage, was like really unknown to me because I was like, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know people who are doing this well. Yeah. And like, I had expected my entire life to pursue marriage, and I wasn't pursuing that. I was like. I don't know what my life will look like. I don't know what people do when they don't get yeah. married and have a family. Like you just live by yourself and are lonely and then die by yourself and no one can take care of you. Like that was my perception of what yeah. sickness was, was loneliness. Yeah. Which, which makes sense if that, especially if we have no one to look to or, mm-hmm. you know, like what, yeah, you're just an old cat guy. Whatever the version of the cat like <laughs> dog guy. I don't know. What that would be. Um, oh my goodness. Well, share, Ashley, you share your experience. And um, I mean, how you've connected with Cole and, and a little bit about your friendship. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, Cole said this earlier, but so the guy that I'm currently dating lives in their apartment. I'm over there very frequently. Um, whether it's to have Harry Potter movie marathons where we watch all eight movies in a weekend. Um, Or (laughs) AKA this weekend. So um, that to like, we have small group at their apartment. I mean, I'm friends with the other guys in that apartment too. Mm -hmm. People who, I mean, like we're friends, but I also look up to these people a lot. I know that they have lots of wisdom. And so, um, yeah, just like really got to know Cole through that small group capacity and, I mean, after two years, I would venture to say, like, our small group is best friends. Like, yeah. like, like side plug for small groups. Like, join a small group. <laughs> they're really great. Um, mm-hmm. But our small group has just made it really intentional with that community time before small group. And even, like, on the weekends, like, it's not like, all right, we had our Tuesday small group. See you next week. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe. But yeah. it's we spend time together on the weekends and we go for walks and we watch movies. Like, we do these things, right? And so through that way... Um, I got to know Cole really, really well. Um, and I think too, like, I feel like even just for example, like last week or last weekend, boyfriend was out of town in Florida and I like still went over to do homework at their apartment and like got to have like great time with Cole and his roommates, like went for like 8 PM walk in the dark. (laughs) And it was a, it was like good time though to, not only like be productive, but also like, Hey, let's spend time together. Let's be yeah. friends. Like I don't need like a crutch of somebody else to be like, Oh, I'm dating somebody. I guess I'll be friends with your roommates. It's like, no, this is a choice that I'm making. Like I want to be your friend and I will continue to invest in that despite relationship status. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What is, what is your, um, you had mentioned this before, but what does it look like to be in a relationship with you know, for Cole to be relationship with, with a girl as a friend who he'd call a good, a great friend. Like, what does that look like? Maybe even real practically. I think you could think like, what is that? 
I mean, because there's a, in a sense, there's a, um, if you're not going to be in a covenant relationship in marriage, there's mm-hmm. like a kind of covenanted relationships with friends. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like? I think for anyone, but especially I, what does that look like with a girl? Because mm-hmm. um, there's things about marriage that, that you wouldn't participate in. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of things probably that you do. So how does that look for you guys in that? Or what, how have you worked through that? I think it's been like an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Like I've even met up with Ashlyn, Becca, and Sarah, three guys in my sort group. And I was like, okay, true facts, confession. I don't know what I'm doing. Is this okay? <laughs> like, can we talk about this? Are the yeah. boundaries being crossed? Like, I want to figure out how to love and serve you well. But like, if I'm not doing that well, please tell me because we'll grow together and make mistakes. Yeah. But still like work through it together. So I think... I really appreciate just the openness of communication mm-hmm. of being like, hey, how is this going? How can I love you better? How can I serve you? Um, and trying to put the other person, like honor them rather than being like, this is about me getting my friendship filled and getting my needs met. But like, hey, I want to honor you in this friendship. And I'm willing to make sacrifices to make that happen, even in the difficulty dynamics of like opposite gender or like yeah. friend groups and things like that. And I think just because like, like you're a guy and I'm a girl, that doesn't mean that we should shy away from, I feel like hard conversations are those spiritual conversations that mm-hmm. I think sometimes like church or like just like discipleship groups or things like that are like, don't have like too deep of conversations with men because that's dangerous territory. And like, it's too deep. And like Mm -hmm. all these things like, no, like I genuinely care about the spiritual well-being of Cole and I want him to grow. And if I can be a part of that, then like, I definitely want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's being willing to have those conversations. I think a lot of the time too is being intentional on my end of mentally saying to myself, okay, Ashton, remember like Cole just got this job and he posted in the group or like Cole asked for this prayer request or like you had this conversation with him the other day about something coming up, like check in with him. Like don't forget those things Mm -hmm. Um, because it's easy. It is really easy to forget those things when I am in school and I'm working and I do all these things. I live with 13 other people. So like I have a million things in my mind. It's like, again, no, I've decided to make this friendship like a good friendship and a priority friendship. Yeah. Um, how like serving Colwell would be remembering even like one prayer request from the other day. So having to be intentional with that too is like, yeah, it's hard because it mm-hmm. does require that sacrifice of like, all right, carving space out in my brain. But like, it's a space that's not like, oh, I have to do this. Cole and I are friends. Like, it's like, no, I so enjoy doing that. Um, even if it is like a quote unquote sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're talking a lot about being intentional and that the purpose of relationship a lot is to serve other people, which is the same thing we talk about when we meet with a couple who's getting married, mm-hmm. you know, like this is what you think about this relationship. Mm-hmm. And when we meet with people who are having like, strong disagreements you know like i think the issue is you're a lot of times you're figuring out how do they serve me they're not serving me enough and i'm angry yeah and you think well it's because you're you're created actually to serve each other mm-hmm. so you're you're just calling each other to like let's be intentional a lot i mean how often are friendships just like let's hope we sort of hang out and hope they're good right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i mean a lot of life i think you just kind of coast through and hope stuff happens yeah. you're not thinking like how can i actually be a good friend or asking was this okay or not okay or like mm-hmm. what do you i mean that's really important stuff that uh, that's really encouraging i mean like why can't we serve our friends like we're like oh let's serve our spouses Woohoo! like super gung-ho for that which is again good things yeah. but it's like yeah. why do other relationships have to suffer for that reason, like yeah. Jesus talks about that, 
like lay down your life for your best friend. Like, right. Mm-hmm. So like, how can we continually serve those relationships, those friends? Like, even if they're like not super, deep, super, super deep friendships, again, it could just be like remembering something that they talked about the week before and checking mm-hmm. in. Um, it doesn't have to be these amazing ways. Like I have a, I have a really good friend who same situation that Cole is in struggles with same sex attraction. And he, he told me to read spiritual friendship, this book that we all read like a year ago. <laughs> Cole gives it to me, right? Like actually gives me the book is like, read it. We'll talk about this. I'm like, awesome. And I am making dinner with this other friend the other day. I'm like, have you read this book? He's like, I told you to read it. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but he <laughs> but he said that he has these friends from high school who are going to go plant a church in Canada. And one day one of them called him and was like, come move with us. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So it could be like little ways of serving, of remembering what they talked about. It could be big ways of serving, like let's move through the country like somewhere new plant a church with us like it doesn't have to be those like huge tantamount big ways but it also like if that is what god is calling you to and like you have that capacity then do that Mm -hmm. yeah i like it how about you luke how is practically how is your relationship how do you see it because you have like this extra you are family but do you consider probably that it sounds like that that friendship relationship is really your primary relationship like Mm -hmm. it's almost like well, we're, we also are family. Like yeah. this is a good friend of mine, but we also are yeah. family. Almost a switch, like the priority of those. Mm-hmm. So how does that work for you guys? Yeah, I mean, even, I guess, starting early on, the word intentional has been thrown around a lot, but I think it's, it really is key. And one thing we talked about initially was, uh, especially as Cole kind of started to realize that you know, I'm thinking about probably being celibate in the future, and I had just gotten married. We kind of did, or I personally did, kind of an audit of my priorities and what I talked about a lot. We actually oh, learned yeah. this. We learned this from small group because um, you'll sometimes notice in small group that you'll have people come, and then people leave, and then you try to figure out why, and you realize that, for example, your small group is four married people. A single person comes and they leave after a week or two. Yeah. And you find out that all you've been talking about is marriage things. Yeah. And so people come in. It can be the same thing if you have kids. If this group yeah. has kids and they don't, if they all talk about is your kids, then no one can connect with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so very early on, I remember sitting cold down because we had a conversation and I talked about like uh, the first couple months of marriage for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I said, how how does this make you feel? How, how do you feel when I talk about these things? Um, what is your experience with this? Because, and he was really gracious saying, you know, I want to celebrate your life as well, but it can be hard to hear these things that I, again, like he said, I used to want for myself and I don't Mm -hmm. think that's going to happen now. Um, So being kind of auditing what I talked about a lot and um, not necessarily changing it, just being mindful of it. Um, But the big thing we've been trying to do recently is just really have an open door policy. Um, the idea of just like come into my life, we're grilling tonight. I'm going to do some yard work. We just went on a trip and instead of um, doing a connection flight, we're able to do a road trip down to Chicago. So we got to be in a car the whole time. And so find these like very small ways to just open your door and just say, I don't have anything going on tonight or I'm doing this kind of boring thing, but you want to come do it with me. We can be bored together. Uh, And that's been really fun. 
Mm -hmm. I have an old house too, so I have a lot of projects. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a bonus. Like oh, and you happen to help me. <laughs> Free labor. Yeah, 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 it's a bonus. Yeah, going off that, I think a lot of things that we're bringing up actually build off the spiritual friendship by Wesley Hill book because we've all read it together. Um, I read it with Luke and Ashton. I read it with a couple other people. So um, going off what Luke just said, I think one of the things, specifically coming from my background of not pursuing marriage, really looking at friendships to be the place where I find love and intimacy. Um, I think I mentioned this to Luke when we finished the book. I said, one of the best things that you can do that I feel very loved and cared by, cared for by, is like Luke said, just that open invitation where it's not like, hey, I'll commit to this one time a week where we'll hang out and then like, I'm kind of out of your life. But just the open door policy, like you will not be an inconvenience to me. Like you can come into my life and I will make yeah. the sacrifice and you are always welcome. Which I think just speaks volumes, not only of love, but also like, of his willing to sacrifice and make me a part of his life. That's cool. Like you're really just, yeah, life together. Mm -hmm. What that really looks like. Yeah, that's which really can be messy, but you that's friendships. I'm curious, I'm curious how you phrase this because it sounds like you've very intentionally talked about these things with each other. Mm -hmm. um, do you consider it like you, that you've made a covenant with each other as friends? Or or how do you think about that? I think we, we keep talking about like marriage covenant. Mm -hmm. um, and the historically, we've heard there's been like seasons and places in the world where people actually made like covenants with each yeah. other. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's in that book. One yep. of the ones yeah, that talks about yep. covenant, which is just it, kind of incredible to think yeah. of that. And we also live in a culture where there is some level, I think, people desiring that of of like they would people would hear that and say, wow, mm -hmm. to have a friend like that. I mean, mm -hmm. that's different. That's mm -hmm. the next level. Um, how do you like how do you talk to people about that? Or think about that because it does sound kind of weird too. Like, mm -hmm. is there like a cult now that <laughs> it sounds a little sign in blood? <laughs> so, and I'm thinking of that, and I wanted you to talk about that with combination of I think this. If friendship was like this, this this would draw people to the church mm -hmm. if they were. This is like an incredible evangelistic tool. Mm -hmm. not, it's not really a tool. It's like what you're just called to live as. But mm -hmm. I mean, if you were friend. People would just hear about this. I think they would be able to go, oh, well, that's not what I thought Christians were. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, talk about kind of all that together. Like, how do you talk to people about this? And then, so it doesn't sound like a cult. And then <laughs> um, also, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how, how does this connect to, like, this with people who aren't Christians? Or how would this, how, it could, how would this draw people in? I, know, I think we've talked sure. a little bit about this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess to answer your first question speaking specifically with my relationships with uh, Luke and Ashlyn. I mean, we haven't like sitting down and like written out a, a covenant or like sat down and um, explicitly said these things. I mean, we could, maybe they'd be beneficial, but I think for us, there's kind of been an unspoken expectation of not only by your words I'm committed to you, but also by actions showing like, nope, we're in this together and I'm committed to this and we've gotten close and like through thick or thin, through sickness, death, like, you know, through everything, like mm -hmm. we're going to be friends. And, you know, we don't know what life will happen. like, Ashley might move across the country for, you know, finishing grad school in two years. And Luke might move to another country to live there for a couple years with Jade. Like, you know, that never happens or that can happen. Um, but I think, I guess from my perspective, my expectation would be like, as much as I can control and I can invest in, like, I am committed to this, we're in this together. And like, yes, it'll be difficult and messy, but like, I'm excited for the ride and we're going to mm -hmm. just yeah. do it together and keep living that life together. Yeah. So let me ask this. I'm going to ask another question. you have something to say? Okay. I just thought of one that I think would be helpful. <laughs> um, I, cause I've, so it feels a little bit like, I don't want this to feel like 
hey, our friend Cole isn't going to get married, so we should probably all like <laughs> like get together and be friends with him, so he's not a cat. Oh. Um, which I don't think is true at all. So I would oh. love to hear like what you've even learned, what you have learned by being a, really a true friend with with Cole. Like, how is that really a mutual thing? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So that doesn't, because I don't think that's true from getting to talk to you, you about this. Um, but I also want to be careful that we don't just, like, he's not this, like, it's not like a pity party for Cole. Like, yeah. Well, we feel bad for him. We should probably hang out. Like, there's a benefit, I think. So what's the what has been a benefit for you just in this and him even challenging you in this kind of relationship? I think, I mean... I don't I, I can't even think that it would be a pity party because like Cole didn't share this aspect of his life with me till like we had already established our friendship. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. like it wasn't like Cole coming to our first small group that we had and being like, all right, guys, I'm going to lay all my cards on the table. I need friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the lucky one. <laughs> I pick you. So I think like through that, like already being like, I already have the friendship like. Like, I think the change, like, quote unquote, change that I could make is maybe just like committing for a longer period of time, which, like, from my perspective, is like really attractive for me because I've had friendships that, like, I usually cycle through friends or, like, I have previously cycled through friends on, like, pretty much like a two year sort of thing, right? Like, have friends for one, maybe two years if I'm lucky. And then either they leave me or I get. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm leaving the country or I'm going to school somewhere else or like something changes in my life where I have to switch friends. Um, And so the idea of having a friend for a long period of time, like, I mean, it's really really scary because it's like, what if you leave me? Like, what if something happens? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I navigate that? But it's also like really comforting of being like, I have a dear friend through thick and thin, regardless of like, if we get an, an argument or a squabble or like we... Like something great happens and we can celebrate that. Um, so we already had that foundation, like again, through yeah. small group, through like getting to know each other in that capacity and like hanging out. Um, and so it was just more like, all right, cool. Let's, let's keep being friends. <laughs> like, yeah. let's keep going. So well, that's, that's helpful. So there was just some natural, like we naturally enjoyed hanging out together. Yeah, too. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I'd say that, you know, having conversations with Cole and also being exposed to kind of more um, different cultures and different areas as I've really realized how um, in our society or in the Western world, how we're just told about to be individuals mm. and how that's not really the case in a lot of places in the world. But yeah. it kind of is what we're taught and what we're kind of is the goal is it's kind of individual. It's your family. It's this unit. It's this. And so. Having Cole's perspective has been really cool, and it's also been challenging um, to see that and also see it in the Bible. I mean, I always think of an Acts when it says the first group of believers, they sold everything and nobody wanted for anything, and they just lived together and took care of each other. And that yeah. seems like that seems like a body taking care of itself, not a bunch of individuals mm-hmm. maybe sending checks to one thing, but still having their own homes, yeah. their own safe spaces, their own comfort zones they never leave. Yeah. And so I've liked his his perspective he's brought. Um, it's really challenged me on that and a number of things. That's cool. And it is really countercultural. And it's it's not like I've had direct conversations like with my coworkers who aren't Christians, right? But even being able to like engage in conversation with them and talk about like, oh yeah, I had small group last night or like 
being able to consistently talk about the same people with them, right? Because I feel like when I speak with them, they're like, oh yeah, I met this person at this party last night and I, like the next day I come back, oh, I met this person at the bar and like, Mm -hmm. they're just cycling through, right? Which is like very classic art culture, like know people for the time that they can serve you and once they've like exhausted all of that, then Mm -hmm. I'm gonna move on to the next person. And so me being able to consistently talk about the same people over and over like is definitely I would hope is showing them like these are my people they're sticking around yeah. I've known them for a while um and to even just being able to say like oh yeah like these people came over and they helped serve me in this way I was moving or like my parents this past summer were doing some yard work and I text like two different groups of people and all of a sudden like I don't know like 12 of you like 10 or 12 of you just like show to my parents house to do yard work like they like fed them and I'm like that's all I'm like they're getting I'm like who does that like so being able to share those experiences too with like non-believers um yeah. is, is, is an, again another really cool experience to be like they just volunteer their time like they they, they like did it because they love me yeah. and they love the people around yeah. me and they wanted to serve in some capacity you get, I mean, you get yeah. a lot of yard work housework <laughs> Oh yeah. Cole's great time around. <laughs> yeah. And going off that to your latter question, Drew, I think this is something that is countercultural. And I think this is what people are really looking for. I don't mm-hmm. think maybe they necessarily know this is what they're looking for, but I think even at our apartment, I live with a couple of guys near the U of M campus, but I think we've tried to use our Christian community as like an example of like, Hey, there is a better close, like a former, sorry, there is a more committed form of friendship. There is intimacy you can find in this. Like, yeah. Um, and I think people are really hungry for that and they notice it is different. So I think it is a huge way to not only share the love and the gospel and the call of Christ, um, but also just to show that community as a body. Yeah, we I recently talked to someone actually who was um, me- mentioned that they had been meeting with a friend. Uh, well, they had they had been going to like counseling is what, how they phrased it. And then they said they realized after like a bunch of sessions that this friend actually was just meeting them for coffee and they said because we were talking about church they said oh my friend actually has been inviting me to their to their church mm-hmm. um and i said oh that's really cool and they're like yeah we i met with my this friend who was counseling me for like seven sessions or something and then i mentioned like hey these counseling sessions have been really good and she said oh, these aren't counseling sessions it's like <laughs> i'm your friend <laughs> And you've been having like a really rough time. They work together. Mm. And I thought, well, I can once a week, like go out after work and hang out and we can chat and listen to you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just sit down with you and you just talk and I listen. And, and she said, yeah, but it's like, I used to pay for counseling. And this is what they said. <laughs> she said it was like, I, like, oh, like they give like free counseling. Christians give free counseling. <laughs> <laughs> thought, oh, there is like an aspect though of like truly listening and caring mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. friendship that uh, holds that spot that other people, like, some people like literally pay money mm-hmm. to go meet with a person and like share how they're doing and they encourage them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they think, oh, what a, there's such a desire for that. Mm-hmm. That like gets even mistaken as like, it's not even, a, it's almost like not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Only if you pay for that or, you know, cause why would someone out of their own mm-hmm. like love for you, give you time to mm-hmm. right, to do that right i thought what a cool thing i love it mm-hmm. accidentally <laughs> and and for this woman well it's part of the reason i asked this question because i recently was thinking about this thinking she she's literally is drawn into the church into this community because someone just sat with her and mm-hmm. 
yeah. actually was a at least one way was a friend like this to her mm-hmm. was a good friend to her and that drew her like into thinking even considering I don't she doesn't she said she doesn't necessarily agree with a lot of what this church is necessarily even talking about but she said I'm gonna stay there because these people really care for me and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm willing to listen oh, what an incredible you know case of friendship yeah all right we kind of have to wrap it up here um, I would love though for each of you to maybe just share like what's a very practical step if people want to continue thinking about um, either thinking about this. Um, I know you mentioned Wesley Hill's book, mm-hmm. Spiritual Friendship, mm-hmm. um, that or even just a practical step like in their own friendships. I would assume like if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking oh, I should I could up my game a little bit with friends. What would be like? What would you encourage people to say? Like, what's a good step to start in- enhancing that intimacy within friendship? Yeah. I'm going to steal Wesley Hill's thoughts because it's fresh in my head. (laughs) So at the end of the book, Wesley Hill, not to spoil the book, but um, he kind of lists out some practical approaches to friendship, his recommendations. And I think the first step to start is being able to realize our need for friendship and that they do play an important role in life and just basically admitting that to ourselves. And also being able to articulate our need for friendship to people mm. and have those conversations. I don't think you necessarily always need like, you, I need to talk to you and have this deep conversation. But I think sometimes it can be helpful like, hey, you're really important to me. I really value this friendship. It's benefited me. I love to be committed to this. Like, how can I serve you better? Yeah. And I think those, I guess you can kind of view them as like an informal vow. Like, hey, let's have a conversation and talk about our relationship. Is a really good place to start. Um, and Wesley also talks about the importance of doing that in community. So it's not just like I find my one person and they are my friend and you put all mm. of your friendship expectations yeah. in that one person because it's unsustainable and they're not your God and they can't be God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having those multiple close friendships in the context of the community and growing together, I think is really just a good place to start with those conversations. Oh, that's good. I think also like kind of like what you just said, Drew, not being like, all right, I'm going to up it. Like I'm going to be friends with everyone and I'm going to have these really deep conversations with everyone. And we did this at the end of reading the spiritual friendship book. Um, but we did like a friendship inventory, right. Where it's evaluating the people who are around you. And I think part of it is being willing to like find those, again, like Holder said, finding those couple of people and like investing really deep in them. That Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you stop investing in other places, but definitely it's like, I mean, if you think it on like monetary funds, you're just like shifting a little bit more money to a couple of places mm-hmm. instead of like scattering pennies everywhere, yeah. mm-hmm. which ultimately in the end hurts you because you're not known well by people or loved well. Um, but then these people as well, like aren't you aren't getting to know them yeah. deeper. And so I think being willing to say no in some aspects mm-hmm. um, and committing to, yeah, like a couple of people, it might, it might mean like the, like essentially the inventory is writing out all your friends which can be really, really hard for extroverts like me, where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fill up like three pages, like, and then having to like decide on a couple people. And I'm like, I don't like picking and I don't like ranking. And mm-hmm. it's not that I love these people less. It's just, I only have 24 hours in a day. And mm-hmm. somehow I need, again, like need to do school and work and sleep and eat and then commit to these like couple of people. And then yeah. if I have social stuff and like, I only have so many hours and me saying no isn't like, oh, I hate you. It's I love you enough that like I don't want to like like not invest in you well. Yeah. So which like is hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. My wife and I talk about this a lot because I would like to have like a million friends and she would love to have like a couple of close friends. <laughs> and so she's always like, It's okay to not have more friends. <laughs> you know, like there's some new people I met. We should have them over. 
they should live with us. <laughs> and she's like, Classic. It's, it's okay to have a few. We've learned a lot from each other. Yeah. How to balance that well. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's all the time. <laughs> how about you, Luke? Um, yeah, I'd say two things. One, to go back to the point you made earlier about how um, don't come into this thinking that you are the righteous person and this person mm-hmm. who's living singleness you're their lost cause you're here to help them like this is a win-win and it benefits yeah. both people mm-hmm. so don't think you're just the, the, the person with the high ground you'll be a anything. terrible friend <laughs> yeah, terrible. And, and so know that like going into this you're both going to get benefit out of this and so i think that is something good yeah. to keep in mind um practically i'll just repeat what i said earlier just an open door policy we've yeah. really um don't always do yard work or like change it up a little bit <laughs> Um, but it'd be simple stuff like, hey, we're grilling burgers on a Tuesday night. You want to come over yeah. for dinner? We're going to the park for an hour. It's really simple things, but it really mm-hmm. just feels like you include them in your life and it just enriches your time together and your experiences. And so mm-hmm. having that um, just open door. Yeah. I um, uh, Someone recommended when we got married, that was advice someone gave Kelly and I. They said, uh, invite people over a lot, but don't plan stuff. Just yeah invite them to what you're already doing. Mm. Like that was, uh, that's great ministry and just, you'll form great friendships yeah. and that learning to do that when we were first married, um, has caused us that be normal in our life. And when we had now with our kids, it's a enormous benefit in our family. Mm-hmm. And my kids get to hang out with lots of really great mm. people and they have really great people to look up to mm. that aren't me and my wife. And because someone said you should just kind of, don't make it like a thing. Like every week on Tuesday, you have to come over, but just, yeah. Hey, we're already grilling. Why don't we just come over? Yeah. And we've had some of our favorite, I think moments have been mm-hmm. just people coming over to have dinner and hang out. And you think, Oh, this is like regular life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's really benefited. I, I just, to add to that, what you're saying, Luke, with our kids has been cool to see. They think it's normal. And our kids often now invite people like most Sundays. <laughs> They're like, Hey, your kids said we could come over for dinner. <laughs> Yes, which, I I, love that. which is like thrilling. If I do nothing else as a dad, but I raise kids who like think it's normal to just mm-hmm. kind of always be inviting people mm-hmm. in, it's like, well, that seems like a win mm-hmm. in a culture that that is not real normal. So, yeah, I cannot thank you guys enough. Uh, do you have anything else you guys would like to add? I just have one last comment. Yeah. This is a comment that came up in our spiritual friendship discussion, which I think is really important to say in this context of friendship. I think we were made for community as people, but I think ultimately we have to realize that we are satisfied fully by Christ alone. Mm -hmm. And I think friends are a way that God speaks to us and shows us his love, but ultimately friendship isn't our God and we can't go to friendships as a replacement for God. So I think just kind of giving the caveat or the disclaimer, like, yes, friendships are good, pursue them, hold them, esteem them, but also realize that like ultimately we are fulfilled by God and we have to go to him first and he has to be the one that sustains us, not friends. There you go. That's how that's how you end an episode. Mic drop. <laughs> hey. Thanks. I really can't thank you enough. I think this is really important, and it was really fun to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you would like to uh, uh, talk more or learn more about things uh, like this, you can uh, email us at podcast at hopecc.com. We can connect you to folks. Um, also, if you're interested, we have a sermon podcast from our couple of locations you can listen to and check those out. Um, and then we have lots of other episodes of this podcast. Um, we talk to all sorts of different people about all sorts of different things. So uh, we'd love for you to check those out. And I uh, hope you have a, a great day. And uh, again, thanks to Ashlyn and Cole and Luke. Um, the, they're just the best of <laughs>
Thank <laughs> you.